Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, Hannah Ross, a physiotherapist and leadership coach, joins us We talk about how to develop yourself as a leader, stepping into your authority and creating a safe space for recovery. We at Elite High Performance specialize in building high impact leaders that turn their teams into happy high performers who crush their goals. So if you're interested in that, head on over to EliteHighPerformance.com for more. And check out How to Deal with an Asshole Boss, your ultimate resource for navigating the challenges of handling a bad boss. Until... August 1st, I'm giving you $100 off our How to Deal with an Asshole Boss program. Use promo code TEDxKumamoto, all capital letters, TEDxKumamoto, and you can find that program at howtodealboss.com. All that's in the podcast notes. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please hit subscribe and like the Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform. And here's the interview with Hannah Ross. All right. Welcome back to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. And as always, the yang to my yin, the blue humor herself. Susan Hobson's here. Susan, how are you? (laughs) The blue humor? I don't think I've ever had the color blue associated with me in any way, shape, or form. So you have to explain for our audience. What the heck does that mean? Oh, blue humor is a term to refer to kind of the dirty side of comedy. Um, and you're calling up front. <laughs> Are you Such referring mis- to things that happened off mic, sir? Yeah, just about five <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Anyways, we always got to start off with a quote. Oh, so, yeah. Smooth transition. <laughs> I have one here from Robert Collier. And he says, visualize this thing that you want. See it, feel it, believe in it. Make your mental blueprint and begin to build. Ooh. Tell us why you picked that one, sir. Yeah, I mean, first, it's what we spoke about um, a few weeks ago on the show, talking about visualizing, seeing what you want to go. And as well as it's something that I've been rolling out basically across the board. I was just doing a lot of it last yesterday or the day before um, for the new how to deal with your asshole boss blue program. Um, Oh, there it is. Yeah, we were incorporating some elements of visualization because again, it builds the belief in our minds that we've done it, and then that allows us to align our subconscious to go get it. So, on that note, riding a bicycle, well, an electric bike uphill. A turbo bike! It was a turbo bike! That's right. A special guest with us today, Hannah Ross, who's the physiotherapist and clinical director at Vital physiotherapy and wellness and if you want to check them out vitalphysiotherapy.com hana how are you oh yeah hi thanks for having me i'm giggling i'm like muting myself because i'm giggling too much <laughs> and tell us why you're giggling <laughs> so much 
First of all, um, Rob, you gave Susan credit for my dirty jokes. So I just want to say. <laughs> oh, snap. Thank you. You stand corrected. That's true. That was my mistake. <laughs> um, we were just talking about a bicycle trip that I took where uh, I opted for an electric bike. And uh, it was the greatest decision that I have ever made. So thank you for that. So let's start there as we plug our audience into you and all things leadership. So tell our audience a little bit about your journey into leadership and especially the mission that you're on in this world right now. Hey, well, thank you for this. And um, I really call myself an accidental entrepreneur because um, I went into, I was a physiotherapist, a regular old physiotherapist. And I was treating backs and necks and um, have four children. So I should throw that in there into the mix. Yeah, definitely throw that in. The there's, you know, there's some leadership in that family perspective as well. But uh, between babies two and three, I was having a lot of back pain. I was having um, uh, incontinence. Like I was, I was doing, I don't know if you're familiar with P90X, um, mm-hmm. Tony Horton's program, do your best, forget the rest. Um, that's leadership as well. Um, and he had this program, one of them was plyometrics, where you would jump up, kick your bum and strum your guitar at the same time. And every time I did that, I would pee my pants a little. And um, one of my um, one of my colleagues was getting trained in pelvic floor physiotherapy, which is like the gynecologist of physiotherapists. And they deal with all this stuff that most people don't like talking about. And she was like, Hannah, come and see me. I'm going to help you with this. And I was like, that is ridiculous. Nobody, this is just part of having babies. Um, nothing's going to get rid of it. It's part of having babies. It's part of growing older. And I just have to learn to live with it. And um, pelvic health physiotherapists, they have the ability to perform internal exams. Sorry, Rob. And um, uh, she was explaining to me what she did. And I was like, that is ridiculous. I am not doing that. Yada, yada, yada. She convinced me to come in and see her. It changed my life. It changed my perspective on life. It changed my perspective on myself. And I was like, I want to do this for other people. I went on and had two more children after that. And I got trained as a pelvic floor physio. And I just felt so passionately about um, my own personal experience with how um lesser than I felt when I was experiencing these symptoms. Like I I just did not feel at home in my body. I felt like everybody else had figured out something that I had not, there was something deeply wrong with me. And I knew now that that wasn't true. And I was on a mission to go and support other people so that they never felt that way. And so I just started talking about it with everybody and people were like, you're doing what? I, I bought a massage table. I threw it in the back of my car. I was traveling to people's homes. And slowly but surely, I grew that business to a point where I had a significant amount of road rage and I could not accommodate all the people that needed help because most women who have had babies are hiding this deep secret as well. They really think that everybody else has figured something else out. It's a secret that everybody else knows about, and they're the only ones who are not doing it right. And as we, I, as I grew this business, I had to go and rent some space so that I wasn't wasting time traveling from place to place. I hired somebody because I was like, well, we need to help more people. So I hired my first person. And then I realized we needed more help. So I hired more people. We moved into this space. And all of a sudden, I, I was 
this leader of this team of this business. And all I wanted to do was help women with their pelvic health issues. And I really quickly recognized I had no freaking clue what I was doing when it came to leading a team. I just knew what to do about pelvic floor physio. And so I went on this deep dive into who do I need to be in order to lead a team? Who do who do I need to um, who do I need to emulate? But also, what skills do I need to learn in order to properly lead? And I it really didn't jive with me this idea of like I'm on top and everybody else is below, and I'm going to tell you what to do. What really resonated for me was I'm on this mission. Who's coming along with me? And so I wanted to bring people who saw that vision alongside me so that we can go and change the world on pelvic floor at a time. That's what I do. And was all of this intuitive? Like one, of the things that, <laughs> one of the things we look at a lot as a theme on this show, Hannah, is that um, we're really perplexed by this whole gap in leadership development yeah. and training. Like the average leader doesn't even get formal leadership development until the age of 42, yeah. which to, to us is like madness, you know, like you're responsible for all these people. And yeah. so I have to ask, like for you, first of all, how old were you at that point? How many years into your business was this? And where did you go to acquire that intel? Mm. So I would say that I was, so t- I'm like, I'm turning 40 this year and this was in 2014. Woo-hoo! So like, it wasn't all that long ago. Yeah. Um, it's like a decade, almost yeah. a decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really the... Like, I, I want to say that there's a certain amount that's intuitive. Like for me, there, there was this like sense of like, who am I to lead? But there was, I was a deeper drive to go and create that change. So I think the why drove that mission. Um, but I, I also just thought that everybody was like that. And that's not true. When we're dealing with people, you're dealing with a, a massive, diverse group of different desires, needs, motivations, and learning how to navigate that was the piece that for me required um, a lot of training. Understanding that holding people accountable wasn't something you do to them, but you do for them. Helping them be successful versus telling them what to do. Hiring so that people can really work together versus saying, I want to tell you what to do and you're just going to pick up what I'm putting down. I mean, it's, I, I've been married for almost 18, 19 years, almost. I got married when I was like four, um, <laughs> you know, and, and we had to learn similarly that nobody's a mind reader. So, um, and as a woman, like I was just really wanted to like take care of everything for everybody. And so, learning how to actually ask for help, learning how to articulate what it is that I need and not just hoping that people are going to understand them, be resentful when they did it. All of those things took time. They took coaching. They took under, like so much training. I'm Listen, we're all works in progresses, but understanding even how to create key performance indicators so that people could be successful, not to show them what they're not doing, but to say, hey, this is what this role is. Um, do you, Are you in for that? And then let's help you be more successful in every single one of those. All of that, it, there's massive mindset. And then there is some strategy, um, but it's it's been an ongoing learning experience for sure. I'd love to dig in 
on the mindset piece. I knew from, he was. How do you get to, you know, I don't necessarily deserve to lead people or I, kind of this version of imposter syndrome to holding people accountable to their roles? And like, mm-hmm. what does that look like for mm-hmm. folks out there that are trying to pivot from, hey, I'm an individual contributor who's really good at my job to now I'm a team lead or CEO mm-hmm. or founder? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's there's a couple of pieces. Um, one of them is under, like keeping that big why at the forefront of your mind. Because if you're driven, if you're mission driven, then the goal is to help as many people as you can. I'm also a cog in that wheel, but also I I also count. So there's really a fine balance between valuing myself and also valuing the mission enough to say, like, who's coming with me? Um, It's being okay with having really hard conversations. I used to really you know, there's there's a lot of people pleasing that we have to get get through, and that people pleasing can show up as never wanting to have a conversation because you don't want to hurt people's feelings. But if you're not hurting people, you can approach it from a place of here's what I need, here's where we are, how can we work together, versus you are doing something wrong. But those conversations I don't think are helpful and useful. But saying like, hey, here's where we are, here's where we need to be, how do we get there together? Those are conversations that are productive. They're not always comfortable, but discomfort used to signal to me that something was wrong. And now I look at that as, as a growth opportunity. I have a, I have a mentor and she, she likes to say that um, everything that you want in life is on the other side of discomfort. And I'm like, oh, that's so comfortable, but probably very true. <laughs> That's, That's how you know you're growing. Glass every morning. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but it's yeah, it's it's starting to learn what those sig- those like nervous system signals are, um, and interpreting them in a way that is growth oriented versus um, looking at it from a place of like there is a right way and a wrong way to be. Right, it's the fixed versus growth mindset. So I used to think this is how somebody leads and that there must be a formula and I have to figure out that formula. And um, where I've come to and where I continue to learn is there's, uh, it's me in this role. So who am I as a leader and how, what, what's my secret sauce for this magical group of people that I work with? Ooh, answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> who are you as a leader and what is your, walk, you walk right into it. I, I had to. And what is that special secret sauce that you bring to the table? What do I what do I think my secret sauce is? Yes. Um, my secret sauce is that I can usually see um, the fire within the person in front of me that they can't see for themselves. And so Ooh, I get so to good. reflect that for them. So like in this context, the fire would be the potential. Mm-hmm. 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 I love that. Yeah, that's how you know you were born to lead, right? That's, I think, Brene Brown's favorite definition of leadership, right? Which is, it's all about awakening the potential in others. Yes, yes. So when it comes to awakening the potential in others and leadership itself, I know one of the things that we did talk about off mic that um, you're very passionate about riffing on is the differences between masculine and feminine leadership. Yes. 
And I kind of feel like you mentioned some very intuitive things, right, that have helped you along the way. But you've also mentioned some very left brain logistical, like KPIs Mm, and metrics and data and all of that. So that sort of sounds like you're somewhere in between. But uh, would you riff a little bit in terms of your stance on the difference between masculine and feminine leadership? Yeah. Like, uh, listen, I will start off by saying that even when I started my business, I really didn't have a lot of feminine um, leaders um, to look at. And right. so um, I can even, relate to that. Yeah. At the beginning of that, of that um, growth opportunity, we'll call it, I was reading a lot of uh, personal development written by, by, by men. And men. I don't think that yeah. it's men versus women. It is. I, I think of it as feminine versus masculine. And if like at any point in time, you put me into a room, I could always be the hardest worker in the room. You want somebody who's going to push and force and work. That's me. I will do that. And I, and I really quickly learned that that can only take me so far. It doesn't work to grow a business when you are exhausted and you don't physically or emotionally have the time to do the things you need to do because you're always working in the business. And so Mm -hmm. for me, the first thing that I had to do was take a step back, pull back from the actual seeing clients, allow somebody else to take that on and really start to look at what does it look like for me to take on this role of, of leader? Who, who do I want to be? What does my life want to look like? Who do, who do I want to step into? And I, I know like they're really big picture questions and they were, it took me a while to really think about it. And that's an evolving answer as well. But mm-hmm. when I think about the difference between the feminine and the masculine, I think of one as the doing, the going, the being, the, sorry, the, not the being, the, the pushing and the feminine is more Hustling. like, yeah, 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 that hustle culture. And if somebody asks me, like when I, I talk to, because I do a lot of leadership coaching now, and when I work with clients and like, oh, I don't want to hustle. I'm like, there's going to be a point. You really do have to work hard. You can call it what you want, but you can't, there, there, the first little while in a business, there really is a lot of work. And at mm-hmm. any point in growth, there really is a lot of work. The question is, do you look at it in a negative, a negative way and as something that you res- resent and resist? Or you're like, this is going to be, this is this time. And then I'm going to take a moment and we can breathe and we can be, and we can evaluate and then we can go. I don't think that it's the pushing that's the issue. I think it's actually the lack of pause where mm. we start to see that imbalances. That totally. is it. Yeah. My, my therapist talks about this as in terms of seasons. Yes. And she talks about this well in personal growth, but also obviously it's a similar in business, right? Is like there are seasons where you're pushing, moving, going like I'm in right now. And then there'll be a, a point where it's like you're sort of the seeds are planted and mm-hmm. the farm is starting to grow. And that's when the recovery can happen, which we talked about with Tony, right? But it's like, ensuring mm-hmm. that you have that balance is so you don't actually get burnt out. Well, yeah. at least that's the hope. But the that's one the thing theory. I to, yeah, the one thing I wanted to ask you is, and you mentioned this, right, is we, we have a, like a mindset often as high achievers to drive. Mm-hmm. And you said it best, which is like, I had to take a step back 
to sort of shift and then jump forward. And I know a lot of my clients that I see, that's where we start is like, how do we get folks to, to see that and be able to take that step back? Because often that's the scariest part of the growth journey. Yeah. I think most of us come to it out of, out of need. If, if I'm being honest, you know, even, even in my healthcare business, like I would love it if people were proactive, but the reality is most people are coming to you when they're in pain. Um, and they, they actually, something is not working anymore. And what used to work and their, all their bag of tricks is no longer helping them move forward. And they feel like they're spinning the wheels. And so if you try something, sometimes trying something different is the only thing that's on the table. And so I, I will say like, I really, for years, like I was reading chicken soup for the soul when I was a teenager, like I was into affirmations, like whatever you want to call it, woo. But it actually wasn't until I really needed to dig deep and say like, what do I want? Who do I want to be in this life? Like it, that was like a nicety versus a um, necessary tool to figure out how do I, how do I get to that next level? Because I could have just kept working and working and working and working and getting the same result, but to get a different result, you need to do something you've never done. And I would mostly say to get a different result, I had to choose to be somebody I had never been before. And for me, that required slowing the F down. And how do you trust that? Let's speak now to our high achievers out there who are listening to this and they are listening last week to Tony because he said literally the exact same thing, right? It's like, yeah, it takes necessity. It takes yeah. the pain to awaken us, right? Yeah. As the catalyst to our untapped potential. It's the very essence of human nature. So yeah, let's let's break this down for people because I really want to make this case, right? For so periodization I, yes. and slowing it. down. So if our people can't even trust taking their foot off the ga gas pedal because they're in such scarcity, yeah. What's I, I our counsel go, for them? Neuroscience. Neuroscience. We know that when we're in fight or flight, which if we are being honest and we look around us, when people talk about being stressed, they're talking about being like at 125% stress. But the mm -hmm. the our, our current lifestyle is essentially living in fight or flight all the time. Our autonomic nervous system is in an upregulated state most of the time, which means that our reptilian brain is in control. And when mm -hmm. your reptilian brain is in control, you are simply doing the things you've always done. You're, you're responding based on reflexes. There really is no creative capacity because your forebrain, the piece where you have that creative, logical, higher level thinking is actually turned off. It cannot function. So if you are looking to, to be more creative, if you're looking to do something different, if you're looking to tap into your potential, you simply cannot do it from a neuroscience perspective when you keep going at the rate that you're going. And that's that's just the truth. That's the science behind the value of rest. It's actually where the growth happens, folks. Yeah. Most people don't <laughs> understand that. I mean, this is just right out of the athlete's playbook though, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we had to learn how to respect our rest and recovery as much as our training. Right. Right. Like we had to balance that out and have the equal amount of value for both up in like active engagement and active disengagement. Yeah. 
Listen, and from a muscular perspective, when you're lifting weights, we're actually, you're, you're tearing apart muscle, right? And so yeah. that rest is when it's actually being rebuilt stronger. So if we look from a, from a perspective of physiology, physiology yeah. that's what's happening within your body. Uh, but I, you know, as, as a physiotherapist, like I used to say, there's like a brain and body connection. The more that we start to understand how our body actually works, we really start to understand there's really no, there's no brain body connection. They are one in the same. When you're stressed, there is a cascade of chemical events that are happening in your body. There's a massive number of neurotransmitters that are being um, just poured into your, into your body. And when you're in a relaxed state, there's a massive different number of neurochemicals and neurochemistry that's happening within your body. There's no brain body connection. It is one in the same. If you're feeling a way, your body is responding in a certain way as well. Mm-hmm. That's what we refer to as state over here in the NLP land, right? The conversation between the brain and the body that's happening at all times. Yeah. But that really is responsible for the quality of results you get in any area of performance. And so, yeah, so I feel like this is where I want to go with you next, unless Robert had a question on on, in the queue. No, I wanted to ask in all that you've learned over the last decade of taking this deep dive into leadership, what is the piece of advice that has had the biggest impact on your leadership game? I think that the, it, the or, piece, or thing you've learned thing, or, or yeah. thing that you've been exposed to or discovered, you know, something of that flavor. I think that the, the, the thing that I noticed the most with my physio clients and my coaching clients is that if your brain has decided that something is dangerous, you will continue to ignore it and not, um, and not follow through. So if somebody perceives rest as unsafe, and your brain will perceive rest as unsafe if you're it's not something you're regularly doing. You can't go from working, you know, 19, 20 hours a day to taking a full day off and expect your brain to not throw a complete temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. So I think that we we assume that we're doing it wrong if um if we're not Zen, I think our clients think they're doing something wrong. If their brain is going when they're meditating, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like, you know, if, if you drink coffee every day and then you don't drink it for a week, you're going to have a withdrawal effect. We can actually start to map safety with new things by talking to ourselves. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe. You can speak to your unconscious mind and you can anticipate what the experience will be like. And know when you're feeling it, when you're feeling uncomfortable taking that rest, when you're feeling uncomfortable doing that new thing, when you're feeling scared getting up to speak in front of people, if we can prepare ourselves and map that safe ahead of time, we can visualize and plan, then our brain will already have some idea that like, okay, so now I'm feeling, okay, I I feel like I want to barf. I'm standing in front of people. Oh yeah, I planned for this. And I also knew that I was going to feel like I was going to barf. And then I kicked ass on that when I did that talk or I took today off. I knew that I would feel every moment. Like I just wanted to go back to my computer and I knew that this was going to happen. So that's okay. And we have to start to create um, space for feeling everything and also knowing that all feelings are safe. And last little thing to add to the mix, because this is something you and I talked about off camera that I know you're also very passionate about, 
is this last piece around telling yourself that it's okay. Mm-hmm. What's up with us needing to give ourselves permission in that way? Because this is something we wrapped on that I really want to make sure we bring to my audience. So you remember we yeah. talked about this in terms of giving ourselves that uh, authorization? Authorization, yeah. yeah. So that's some of what well, you're referring to here, yeah. right? It's like yeah. giving ourselves permission. I think we've we have made a number of assumptions about what our abilities are as human beings. And so when we try to do something new, we're always looking for what's the right way and what's the wrong way. We've really been trained in this fixed mindset where like we went to school, you studied for the exam, you got all the answers and you checked all those boxes. And so any that's not how real life works. So whenever we do something new, we assume there's an authority figure who's going to tell us what to do. There's a teacher waiting around the corner who's going to be like, oh, okay, here's our gold star. And we outsource our authority to other people. And one of the best ways to actually step into your leadership is to like look around and be like, okay, so, oh, I'm in charge here. Okay, so I'm supposed to make these decisions. That feels really uncomfortable. I like, I even think about parenting. There's like Facebook groups for like, how do I put my kid to sleep? How do I swaddle my baby? How do I like, these are things that like people just figured out before, but we assume that there must be a proper way to do it. And the second assumption to that is that we don't know what that is, as opposed Mm -hmm. to trusting ourselves and trusting that we can figure it out. And so the best thing, the most important thing that I see with my clients and that I see with myself is actually stepping into that authority and stopping to outsource the answers and your own personal authority to other people. Love it. Yeah. So like, let's talk about this in IFS terms because that's how we're going to go, right? Is this is where we start to access self and we start to allow protectors to take a break or switch roles, right? So when you're saying to yourself, hey, it's okay to take a break, you're not technically speaking to you as true self, you're talking to a protector that's like, hey, you better work harder because your self-worth or your acceptance or your belonging is tied to this. And like, literally, I had that same thing where for me, rest was like, Uh my body would start to get anxious. And like, I would have like a panic attack. Yeah. And then it would always end up with like, not safe, not safe. Right. And it's, yes, it's these elements yeah. that we have. Right. And then the other mm-hmm. side of it is because these protectors were formed when you're a child, they think you're a child. Mm-hmm. And so that's why mm-hmm. when you start to access self and you start to be like, Hey, you know, I'm an adult now you can chill out. Yeah. As one of my clients <laughs> says, is he says, yeah. you can take a chill pill. Right. And it's like, this is, yeah. And this is where, you can start leading the system and you can become that self-leader, which is the person who makes decisions because that's what you do, right? Yes. And that yes. self-authorization piece is something that it takes a while to get to. And then just for folks out there, if you're new to it, there's a tendency to overcompensate. Mm-hmm. And so there's this element of like, basically anyone says anything to you, you're like, no. <laughs> Uh, I'm the authority now. Mm. My four-year-old does that too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 
but totally. it, but it, you'll return to homeostasis. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to somebody uh, this week as well, and we were talking about rest and um, this idea of being lazy. That we, so many of us who are high achievers, associate rest with being lazy. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about like, what's the big fear of actually slowing down? Like one of my first, first coaches, my homework for about four weeks was to go for a single walk for 30 minutes every week. And that was really, really hard for me because I felt like I was doing nothing and I was being lazy. And mm-hmm. so um, we were talking about how, you know, there, there might actually be a rebound effect. So our brain is like, you're going to be, if you take a break, you're just going to like be a sloth and do nothing. And if you've never taken a break before and your system isn't used to that, there might be a little bit of a, of that rebound where you're like, yeah, you might be a sloth for a couple of days, yeah. but you're general, generally somebody who's going to get stuff done. So once you get over that, like rebound of like, I've never rested before, I'm going to take all the rest of the world. Yeah. Then you get to it and you can start to find that homeostasis again. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. And that's the other side of it, right? Is, is, and well, one other thing I just want to mention, right? Is sometimes your system will not trust you. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times. If you're someone, yeah, if you're someone who's like, hey, I've never taken a break, it's going to take some trust building internally to Mm -hmm. allow your protectors yeah. to be like, okay, I can take a break. Right. Yeah. We call that mapping safety. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, part that's, that's important. Good. And then the mm-hmm. other side of it is, is totally, uh, and if you've been running full steam, like sometimes it can take an ungodly amount of time to, yeah. to rest for burnout. Like it's like four months to six months. And so just be aware. <laughs> yeah. Which is Baby why we love to be proactive. Exactly. <laughs> baby, baby steps are best. Before we let you go, we have to ask you our favorite question of them all. This is the big gun. So buckle your seatbelt. With, with all this amazing work that you're doing in the leadership realm, what do you want the legacy of this to be for you? I'm just hoping that more, I, you know, I specifically work with women, no shade to anybody else, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that more women will start to see themselves for um, the fire that they are and start to step out into the world and take steps to make a massive, massive impact. And the more that we start to get that feminine energy going, I think the more balanced our worlds will be um, and the more healed our worlds will be. Mic drop full circle moment right back to the fire where we started. Love it. We started with the biking, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) we'll find our way back to that at the very last watch. Yeah, absolutely. Take it away, sir. So for folks out there, obviously please hit subscribe to leadership launchpad project on your favorite podcast platform. And for all things, leadership development, Mindset Coaching, head on over to EliteHighPerformance.com. For Hannah, we've dropped your LinkedIn in the podcast notes. Also, I've dropped in VitalPhysiotherapy.com in the podcast notes. Is there anywhere else you want folks to find you? Sure. They can find me at HannahRoss.com. That's spelled C-H-A-N-A-R-O-S-S.com. And that links back to Vital as well. 
Perfect. And yeah, Susan, any words you'd like to leave with our audience today? I just want to say to all of our turbocharged high achievers out there, hopefully we've made the case. You speed up by slowing down, y'all. That's the, that's right. You heard it here. Uh, neuroscience backed. This is where we want our people to be. We just want you to play with this very notion of rest this week. We want you to play with what it is that we're suggesting might be the best strategy of them all in terms of getting out into the world on your leadership mission and playing your biggest impact game. Let's play with that rest and recovery, folks. I feel like we made a really good case for that today. Absolutely. And I just want to go a little bit further with that is as you play with rest and you introduce it, be very aware and lean in with curiosity to how your system responds. Mm -hmm. What are the thoughts? What are the feelings? And that will guide you into where you need to go next. So, Coming down the mountain now, <laughs> Char charging <laughs> our our e bike for the next up upswing. Hannah, it was so incredible to have you on the pod today. Our, uh, Thank um, you so much. You two are amazing. I love it. <laughs> we love a good metaphor. That's right. We, we always do. <laughs> Susan, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Thank you.